0: Welcome into the official college football preview episode of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, and it wouldn't be an official episode if uh, one of us wasn't missing. Rob Cassidy, gone, broke his microphone, as some of you might have heard at the end of the last episode, and decided to not try to get it fixed until the morning uh, we were recording this one. Had a week to do it, and (laughs) didn't do it. So now it's just me and Nick. Uh, Nick Kruger, joining us from Texas. Nick, how's it going?
1: You know, I, I had a lot of fun just purposely leaving in that feedback last week just so everybody could get a taste of what it's like the true Rob Cassidy experience and what we all get to deal with on a daily basis working with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like he, a
1: microcosm he, of everything that goes on with him.
0: He said, I'll go get the uh I'll go get the cord tomorrow morning cut to, hey Rob, you ready to do the podcast? Oh, I gotta go get that cord. <laughs> that was five days ago. <laughs> yeah, and then he
1: said even and then he said he had a solution. Then he said, "Nah, never mind, the mic's fried." All this happening on a stream of consciousness text message thread by him, you know, ruining yeah. our
0: ruining our SMS plans. All right. so obviously he's never going to listen to this, as uh, he has uh, stated prior several times. So uh, we don't got to oh, worry he's about. doing it. JUCO rankings anyway. I'm sure right now, yeah, so. yeah, It's knee deep in JUCO rankings. <laughs> Be on the lookout
1: for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Be on the lookout for the updated JUCO rankings. So as we head into the season, we've talked about doing a few different things, and we we might. I got to talk to Rob, try to do some stuff, maybe uh, maybe recapping the games on Sunday or something like that. We haven't we haven't fully decided, but. uh, We're back in our normal format. Tell a friend Uh, the season is when we have a lot of fun uh, joking around, picking games and stuff like that. And that's what we're going to do this week. So first, let's revisit how we did last year. Nick, of course, I was horrible at picking games against the spread. Uh, Now, these are only the the high-profile games. Now, other games I pick on my own time, I do much better. But the high-profile games, which I would never really bet on, uh, is where I have the trouble. I went uh, 20-38-3. Eesh. So – if you would have bet against me every week, you would have made a lot of cash. Uh you, Nick, finished in second place at 3127 and 3. So that's you're in the money. Take that for data if you bet on Nick's picks. And Rob, the king, 3620 and 3. That's a that's a that's a really good record. So uh I asked Rob to send his picks uh for this week and of course he didn't. <laughs> So you will have no picks from Rob. You're going to have to settle uh, for, for second and third place. So uh, keep that in mind when you are listening to our picks that uh, I'm very bad. Nick is average, and Rob is good. And uh, Rob's not here, so hopefully hopefully, we'll get him to, to tweet his locks of the week or something like that. Uh, also, we wanted to take a look back at how we did picking the playoff last year. For some reason, Nick only picked three teams. Uh, nick you picked alabama florida state and usc so you went one for three
1: no that well that's debatable i i would i would suggest that i picked five teams actually
0: well yeah uh, then you said the winner of the winner of penn state ohio state neither team of which made it anyway (laughs) (laughs) i picked usc alabama ohio state and oklahoma state and i only got one of those right Oklahoma State was the sleeper, and Rob went with Florida State, Ohio State, USC, and and the, the pick of the tur- tournament, Kansas State, uh, which uh, we know didn't pan out well. I think they lost in like week one or something. So uh, let's jump into this year's playoff picks. We'll do that first before we pick uh, the week one games. We'll we'll read you Cassidy's. Cassidy learned his lesson last year. Going uh going straight chalk, uh, my favorite expression. He picks Oklahoma, Alabama, USC, and Clemson. So uh, going with all blue bloods, uh, I pick Washington, Alabama, Georgia. As I got two SEC teams going in, I think I really think Georgia is going to have a, a pretty easy road uh, to the SEC championship game. And I think even if they lose, they're going to get in. And then my long shot this year is Michigan. Even though they lost uh, Tariq Black, which I really think is going to impact them, forget it. I'm all in. Uh, with our boy Shea. So, Nick, uh, give give us your picks. Uh,
1: my picks are Auburn, Georgia, Penn State, and Clemson.
0: All right, so week one, you asked me before we started recording, why did you pick Washington? I'm going to the Washington-Auburn game here in lovely uh, Atlanta. And I just – I tr- in Chris Peterson, I trust. If you look at his record, even when he was at Boise State, coming across the country, I think they came across the country and played Georgia – Boy, that was about eight or ten years ago, and uh, I think they won that game. That might have been in Atlanta as well. I just think I'll have to I'll have to check that and make sure they actually won. I do remember telling a Georgia fan at the time that Boise State was going to win, so maybe it's uh, wishful thinking. But I just think the way he prepares his teams, I think they're going to come in, be ready. And Auburn, you know, they might as well make the Mercedes-Benz their home. This will be the third straight game they've played there, which is crazy because they played in the SEC Championship and lost – they lost to uh, my alma mater UCF in the Peach Bowl, which uh, people said now they didn't want to play retro- <laughs> retroactively after they lost. And then uh, now they're playing here, so three straight games in Mercedes Benz Dome. So I think that some of the shine is off of it, of like, hey, playing in a big atmosphere. And I just I like the Huskies, so and I, I like their schedule the rest of the way. Well, um, see,
1: so so j- just real quick, uh, the difference between you and me there. Obviously, I, I think this is a situation where. I pick auburn, you pick washington and then and then we'll we'll say that'll set the tone for either one of our playoff picks going forward. Maybe Washington has a easier path back than than auburn would if um if Washington were to lose this game uh to get back in the picture but uh you know, I just think with Auburn it's a situation where um they're playing in a they're playing y i mean I, th- I see what you're saying, the point that you're making and their recent history there, and uh you know the the lack of luster but i but I think it you know I just think at this point you know it's a it's an easy travel game. Uh, the fan base is going to be heavier for them. I think. I think at some point Auburn has to shake the um, y- you know the second banana type situation that they've had going on in the SEC over the past couple of years between you know Alabama or, or you know Georgia has come along, and I think this is a great opportunity for them to get started off with a bang, and uh, you know and take things from there, build some momentum, and hopefully uh, for my for my pick's sake, you know end up in the playoff after.
0: Yeah, and I, I think uh, I mean I wouldn't be shy. It's not like I'm that. I'm, it's not like I'm super confident that that you know that Auburn is not good. I think Auburn is going to be good. I think they're going to be in the mix uh, the whole season in the SEC. I just for some reason I've had a feeling for a while, and it's the old uh, the old Chris Peterson effect on uh, on why I think that. Now last year we picked five games a week. We tried to pick uh, all the games that pitted top twenty five teams against one another. Uh, Some weeks that didn't happen. So we're going to do that again this year. We're going to start, Nick, uh, with the game we were just talking about, Washington versus Auburn. Auburn is a two-point favorite. So I guess if you think they're going to win, you probably think they're going to to cover that spread, right? Sure, yeah. I'll take them there. Okay, so you'll take Auburn. I'll take Washington. And uh, we'll let Rob make his pick. Game number two, Michigan at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, a one-point favorite. I guess this is a home game, I, uh, not a neutral-site game, uh, which which I much prefer the the home games to uh, the neutral-site games. The old the pageantry of college football is much better. Uh, the Irish are one-point favorite. As I mentioned, I'm picking Michigan to go to the playoffs, so I'm picking them to go in there on the road uh, and get that win.
1: I'll take Michigan as well because I think uh, as we get down uh, on our list of superlatives that we're going to be talking about later, I think I might have something to say about Notre Dame, so
0: it'll play into this. So I'll take uh, I'll take Michigan as well. All right, so uh, Miami versus LSU. Uh, this one is in Arlington, Texas, uh, right near the neck of the woods, sort of. Nick at the old uh, Cowboys Stadium is it, oh AT and T Stadium is what they call it. The Hurricanes, uh, (laughs) a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, I think that line has gone up. I think it started at three. So uh, if you got in early, you were smart. We all know that I am down on uh, LSU this year. I think Miami's going to win that game. I do have some worries about their quarterback. LSU's still going to have a good defense. But I just don't know where LSU's offense is going to come from. Uh, I'm a little nervous about them. So uh, maybe they proved me wrong, but I'm going with uh, Miami. So what uh real quick, just give me a, a quick
1: education on Miami's quarterback situation if you if you know anything. Well they about still have
0: Malik they still have Malik Rozier, who we saw struggle down the stretch. I think they lost their last three games to end the season last year, uh, which was which was, you know, rough and there was some talk about I think he I think they even might have pulled him. Uh, in the ball game against Wisconsin, so there was some thinking that you know maybe Nikosi Perry wins the job or uh, your boy Jaron Williams comes in and win the job. That didn't happen. Uh, Rozier's still the guy, but uh, even Miami fans are a little nervous about him. So, ooh, in that case, um,
1: the, they're a three and a half point favorite. I think I'll take LSU to cover. I don't necessarily think they'll win, but I. This, that that's a, that's a tricky game for me, but I'll take uh I'll take LSU to cover I guess.
0: Yeah, I think it's all going to be a low scoring game. The lines at forty seven, I would go uh I would go under there. So, uh, la- oh, the fourth game. This was not last because we got to find a fifth. Uh, Virginia Tech at Florida State. Florida State ranked nineteenth in the country. Virginia Tech ranked twentieth. The Knolls a seven point favorite. So uh, people think they're going to handle this one easily in the first game of the old Willie Taggart era. If I learned anything from watching Willie last year, it's that uh, he's not afraid to run up the score on some people when he can. But we saw when they played uh, Nebraska at Oregon, they got a big lead and then they kind of struggled to put them away, got close at the end. So I'm going to take Virginia Tech to cover, even though I think Florida State wins a game. I think seven points is, is too many. Mm, that's another tough one. I,
1: You know what? I think I'll take Florida State here because I think – um, you know, with the recent news of our boy, DeAndre Francois being renamed starting quarterback is, is, you know, I'm not sure how much doubt I had about that, um, heading into the season, but I think he's going to come back, you know, ba- based on the steely demeanor that we, uh, came to know and love, uh, when he was, a when he was a high school prospect coming out, I, I think that he's going to feel like he has something big to prove. And Willie Taggart's going to want to start out the season with a bang as well. Uh, it's a home game for Florida state. I think, I think, uh, they cover
0: there. Uh, your mom would be very happy with that picnic uh, So she's a noted uh, Knowles fan so uh, no, she'll Homer. be watch- she'll
1: be watching the game complaining about every
0: penalty flag because <laughs> that's about really all she knows about <laughs> they, they cheat cheating. they're definitely cheating uh, in the household. so uh, well,
1: florida, state, florida state always gets the penalties never the other team yeah, you know.
0: exactly um t- tennessee and west virginia they're playing this game in charlotte the line continues to move down it's down to nine nine and a half uh i know what rob's pick uh, rob is uh heavy on west virginia on this one i'm gonna agree with him I just think this is a very tough matchup for Tennessee. I, I I know that people think that their defense is going to be much improved under Jeremy Pruitt and company, but you're throwing out there – I mean, you look at their depth chart. You've got uh, – I saw two true freshmen listed as the or at one corner, including one that didn't even play – well, actually, both of the people. So both of the people, uh, Alante Taylor and Bryce Thompson, didn't play corner in high school uh, Alante played mostly offense, Bryce played wide receiver and safety, and they're listed as the, the, the either or starter at one of the corners. And I think they're going to get matched up with David Sills. And, uh, I just, I just don't like the matchup flat out, Nick. I think West Virginia is going to put up a lot of points in this one.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's pretty clear, you know, kind of reading between the lines on, on the things that we've heard coming out of Tennessee this season that, uh this is going to be kind of like a growing pain season but you know I think I, I think in a good way for Tennessee they just kind of have to hit the reset button and Jeremy Pruitt kind of wants to reorganize things the way that he sees fit and you know it's going to be a bumpy season and this is a tough game for them to start out with so unless they uh you know unless they injure <laughs> um um but you know the West Virginia quarterback right away uh uh, you know i'm blanking on his name i always will, do this will greer. will greer that's right yeah unless unless something something like that happens early in the game i don't think it's going to be very close uh you know it's going to be tough for tennessee but but i think i think next year i think it's going to be interesting to see what how the volunteers come back after this season
0: all right so those are our picks picks of the week uh Nick and I uh, agree on Michigan uh, to beat Notre Dame and cover the spread. We agree on West Virginia. We went the opposite on uh, Auburn and and Washington, sorry, LSU and Miami and Virginia Tech and Florida State. So right out of the gate, disagreements. Uh, It's going to be interesting. So we wanted to run through some more categories that Rob came up with uh, in our mini season preview here. Uh, (laughs) This one, I hope we can say this. let's say, actually let's just put let's just put it this way media dream playoff this is what he has yeah. based on the overhyped uh I'll let rob put we probably can't say on the podcast, try not to do a lot of editing uh he said uh if the media had their way based on teams they're infatuated with here in the preseason, the playoff would be Iowa state who uh rob continues to think that matt Campbell's overrated and continues to use the example of uh the previous coach. What is, this? what is this? I can't even remember it now. He said it so many times, I've tuned out. Uh, uh, Will Greer. I, <laughs> no, not Will. Chad Greer, Will's dad. Uh, no, uh, so Iowa State, they're obsessed with them and how good they're going to be. Tennessee, which uh, you know we talked about before, we see a lot of media coverage talking about how Jeremy Pruitt's just all about ball, whatever that means. Uh, Houston, <laughs> which makes the cut because of the media's obsession with uh, Ed Oliver, who you might not realize was the highest uh, group five, five star to ever sign with a group of five team, highest ranked player ever. Nick, did you know that? No, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So some, Tom Herman also got a grill one year. I don't know if you knew that. So yeah, uh, kissed
1: everybody before. Yeah, we did. A, lot, a lot of chapstick being used.
0: Do you think he wore the grill to the alleged uh, strip club? Uh, did you see that story today?
1: Uh, that just came out today. I thought
0: that was. I thought that was. I,
1: it's been so. All the, all these developments with, in in regards to all that have have kind of okay. all sort of bled <laughs> together. For we me. don't
0: have to get into it. But if you think that Tom Herman and uh, the other guy are the only college coaches to ever take high school coaches to a strip club, uh, I got news for you. <laughs> It's, uh, it, we, you have to fight off co- coaches. Coaches want to take you to strip clubs, and you have to be like, I have to go back and work. You know, like I can't just go to a football game and then go to a strip club after. So, uh, I would say a lot of a lot of coaches, high school and college, uh, enjoy uh, adult entertainment on that front. So, uh, next team Rob has here is Alabama, and that's obviously the obsession with uh, Tua Star and Jalen Hurts, uh, and and they get picked to make the playoff every year. And uh, he put Purdue as also receiving votes, as uh, he thinks Purdue is probably a little overrated by uh, the fake news media as well. So, you got anybody to add to that, Nick?
1: Yeah. Well, oh, I thought I thought we were all going to come up with. I I don't think. Go ahead. If
0: if you've got other ones, go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, mine would be Miami uh, as a continuation of the you know the turnover chain fever from last year. I think uh I I don't know if I should put uh UCLA in the top 4 or if I should put them in the receiving votes but uh people are going to love to talk about you know Chad uh Chad Kelly in his first uh season back at the at the helm and um let's see, who else could I who else could I throw in there well Texas obviously uh because so at some point we've got to either make good on the the Herman hype or start putting them on the hot seat and uh one more if I could put one in, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I'd continue to put, uh, Florida state in there as well as a, as a big comeback story for a big program and, and Taggart, you know, just spending one year at Oregon, a lot of compelling ingredients there, uh, you know, for a big program to make the playoff. So,
0: yeah, I would say Taggart to, I would say that's a, I would say that's a really good pick. Um, I think, boy, the trendy playoff pick Texas. Your your team uh, in your backyard there, Nick. That uh, you hear a lot about. I've heard some national media people. I think Robert Smith uh, picked them for the playoffs. So so I'd include Texas in that mix. I don't think they're anywhere near ready, but they're get they're getting the old hype train and maybe even. Uh, you know my Oregon Ducks uh, getting a lot of love uh, courtesy of Justin Herbert. I think they're going to have a good season. I think they're going to be a national championship team. So, all right, moving on. Group of also, five. Also, pl- Chip, Chip Kelly coaches. <laughs> Chad oh yeah, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, boy, they would love it if UCLA made it. But speaking uh, of adult entertainment, you know me and Chad <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> well, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, exactly. So I uh, actually heard Nick Aliotti, who was uh, Chip Kelly's defensive coordinator at Oregon. Uh, he works for Pac-12 Network now. He went to UCLA's practice and said they'd be lucky to go six and six based on the talent they have on their team, which if the dude who worked for Chip Kelly and his friends with him thinks they're going six and six, I think uh I think they're in for a rough haul. But you never know. You never know what Chip's got up his sleeve. I do think there's some talent on that roster. So uh moving on, group of five playoff team uh contenders or the you know, at least probably uh whatever they call the big bowl games, uh UCF obviously number one uh Boise State number two Uh, Rob has Toledo at number three and Memphis at number four didn't include Houston I guess he's assuming they're playing in the national championship game already um I'm curious to see how UCF's going to pan out I think they're going to put up a lot of numbers I have some uh, concerns about their defense I think they win eight or nine games I think Boise State maybe Fresno State are the smart teams uh to factor in for the old, you know, come out of nowhere, go eleven and one, twelve and zero, and get get a spot. The question: what we're really going to see is, is every team going to claim a national championship? Now, I think that's the the main storyline. That if a team goes undefeated, I'm
1: I'm uh I'm surprised. You know, no love from Rob for our boy uh, Lane. You know, and an
0: FAU. Oh the yeah, FAU. There. Yeah, I mean, if FAU beats Oklahoma, they're going to be ranked high right out of the gate, and I think they're actually going to give Oklahoma. Run for their money. I heard some people saying, "I mean, the spread on that game is ten. Think about that. Only only ten points with, with FAU going to uh, going to uh, Norman. Norman. I mean, c- come on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're just, just. The 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 ris- the, the brain cells for both of us are not." Fi- <laughs> Luckily, we only got five hours to go on this uh, mega pod, yeah. so uh, uh, those are the picks. Uh, also, I
1: would, I, I would, I would throw, I would throw a lot of, I, I would, I would for P, for people watching tricky games to bet. I mean, I and, and this probably isn't a surprising uh, suggestion for for some people, but but North Texas is really going to mix things up in a in a way that uh, you know in a similar way to FAU this year. I think I haven't taken a look at their schedule, but North Texas will always be a fun team
0: to watch this season too. Yeah. And their coach is going to be a guy that uh, people, you know, if you have a team that you think your coach is getting fired, I uh, would pay attention to them because their coach is going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to go after. All right, moving on. Rob Rob has the silly broadcast cliche playoff. Uh, he has RPO, which we're still going to hear a lot about, even though I feel like RPOs moved on to the NFL, don't you, Nick? If you want to kill time on a broadcast, just going through the and out. first
1: of all, explaining what an RPO is and then, you know, just, I, I mean, that's that's got to be a play-by-play announcer's worst nightmare: is listening to a color commentator go on and on and on about an RPO while while plays are just going past them.
0: It's brutal. No, I totally agree with you. It's like when when Rob gets mad at us for talking about rankings, uh, even though we're supposed to do a rankings podcast. Yeah, we're supposed to do that right now, aren't we? <laughs> we're supposed to do a rankings podcast? Rob, goes, putting everyone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> putting everyone to sleep. This is stupid. Um, Young man, which is a good one. Uh, we have a lot of people calling people young men, which uh once famously, Adam Friedman called a guy a young man when he was like 26. And I was like, Adam, Adam, you're not allowed to call anybody a young man until you have kids of your own, okay? Well, you it, it, it.
1: I mean, at that at that point, maybe it was the same age as Adam too, or how old is well, Adam?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, Friedman is anywhere between 27 and 30, because if you remember... There was a there was a lot of controversy about him being a 24 year old. At some point, uh, <laughs> with one of our one of our coworkers frequently mentioned how old he was. So I figured that was about five or six years ago when he was a t- when he was a 24 year old. Young
1: man, young man is is replaced uh, the the uh, pointing out
0: the coaches are leaders of men. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's number two. Made up star ranking, which we all know really bugs me. Jonathan Taylor, the leader in the clubhouse. This was a three-star guy, uh, despite him being in the Rivals 250. Uh, often, <laughs> that's one. That's a great one. Speaking of Friedman, Friedman gets to pound his chest on that one. But uh, plenty of made-up five-stars who weren't five-stars. Uh, and it's interesting. They When guys are busts, they project them up. When guys are uh, playing well, they project them down. So we'll be watching that closely. Uh, spin it, which Rob hates when people say quarterbacks can spin it. Uh, and I added new strength coach, boy, new strength coach really got him whipped into shape, uh, this off season. And I mean, I've seen that about 10,000 times so far over the last two months, haven't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. You got any, you got anything to to add on those? And there's probably, there's probably a few that I'm not, uh,
1: I'm just not thinking of right now. They, we, we really, it was a whirlwind, whirlwind situation in prep for this podcast, throwing stuff on the sheet. I wish I had, a, I wish I had a minute to think about this stuff on my
0: own that's uh, okay we'll keep it moving uh last but not least the all the all fired list who's going to get fired uh LSU probably leader in a the clubhouse there uh based on what we talked about earlier Texas Tech Cliff Kingsbury uh we we had we had fired content ready for him last year uh Missouri, some reason I saw on a bunch of lists. I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but we'll put them here in case, man, some reason they go like four and eight or something. They do have a talented team. I think people are, have high expectations. And then Kansas, you know, poor Kansas. Uh, you hate to see them continually cycle through coaches. Uh, bring back our boy, Mangino. He's down there in Naples hanging out, right, Rob? Oh, right, Rob, right, Nick? <laughs> Maybe he is drinking drink, some Mai
1: Tais at the Naples Beach Club.
0: Yeah, what was it? What was the place you guys used to go to? Redneck Yacht Club or no? <laughs> I never went there. North Naples Country Club? North Naples Country Club, that's Yeah, right, right
1: across uh right across the way there from the from the old Naples Daily News. Yeah, which
0: I which I didn't realize was a crappy bar and not a country club until <laughs> about 18 months into the time I worked at the, the newspaper. Didn't they allow smoking in there though? Yeah, I mean
1: there there wasn't there wasn't a lot going on there that you know was off the table really
0: yeah i didn't like this i hate the smoke don't play rap music on the jukebox in there though <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy watch that yeah I, who knows what that place is like uh given the current political climate uh either right. so all right we wanted to talk about the heisman as well uh we're going to look at the heisman odds boy it's like a te- this is just a team renegade reunion number one favorite bryce love how about that boy people thought we were crazy when we drafted him back in the day huh nick yeah right yeah we caught caught a lot of flack for that one uh well that was the year we gamed the system and took an extra running back if you remember instead of a wide receiver so uh Bryce Love is number one Tua is number two which I think I guess you're assuming he's going to win the job and play the most but I just I don't think he's going to put up the type of numbers especially with uh Damian and, and Najee Harris there taking a lot of carries uh Jonathan Taylor Number three, often references Jonathan Taylor tailback by your friends at the Solid Verbal. Um, Pretty good odds. I I like him. I think he could have 1,800 yards. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, number four. I think he's a little high. Uh, Will Greer, and it goes on from there. Khalil Tate, Jake Fromm, Trace McSorley, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, that's a problem. you got two people from Ohio. There's not going to be two people in the top eight vote getters from ohio
1: state well Uh-oh. i i think between i think between haskins and Dobbins, Dobbins is the better pick not only because the odds are uh more profitable but because i you know i just i i think he's going to be a more productive player than than haskins is regardless of what ends up taking taking place at ohio state this year i think i think looking i you know i like you said about tua you know we got we got to wait and see how things shake out there part of the reason i wasn't crazy about alabama and i didn't put them uh, I don't even think I put them in my playoff team prediction, did I? No, uh, you know I, th- these teams, and in, in Clemson is another one. Uh, you know, teams with two quarterbacks going into the season, where where a young guy is pushing, you know, the, the established guy, and there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Not, it's not, it, it just doesn't seem. To, the connotation in Alabama just doesn't seem positive. You know what I mean? Like in Georgia. You know, if things if things don't work out with Fromm, I don't think anybody's panicking. If if Fields comes out, I think there's a lot of a lot of love for Tua. But as we pointed out, you know, a lot of the a lot of the plays that he made in the championship game to develop this reputation came off boomer bust type type of type of plays as well. And and with you know with Alabama's penchant for running the ball, more you know I I, I think I'm taking Dobbins. Uh, Dobbins is my guy, just as the best overall or Khalil Tate, I'll say.
0: Okay, yeah, I think Tate can have a Lamar Jackson-esque run. Uh right. he's gonna he's gonna be amazing. He's plus fourteen hundred. I do think some teams, based on watching the Pac-12 last year, kind of figured him out though. If you're looking at long shots, uh the aforementioned Justin Herbert plus three thousand, I think that's a pretty good pick. Uh Shea Patterson plus two thousand, which I believe has gone up. I think it was plus fifteen hundred at one point. Uh and then if you get deep down the list, you know, Francois, uh, even even somebody, let's see. Well, Brown, Browning's on there at 18th, I think, right? If
1: if you believe in Washington as you do, Browning might be a good. Mm,
0: yeah, but I don't know.
1: Uh, your boy Ed Oliver, plus twelve thousand five hundred. Boy, now that that would be an interesting one because uh, I think it, it, it given all given all the discussion about him and you know the media hype surrounding him to the point where you know we we've been talking about you know Houston getting this you know. Getting this uh, this media dream play in this media dream playoff that doesn't exist uh, on the strength of Ed Oliver, I mean that the the call for him is so strong at this point. And and when you look at something like what UCF did last year, where they award themselves a national title and and create such a stir uh, j- just by talking about themselves so much, I think I think if Oliver has a good season, since we haven't had a defensive MVP, is it since Charles Woodson, a defensive guy has yeah, so. yeah, so it's been I mean, a long time. This could this could be the year. And for the odds being what they are, you know put a 10 spot on him see what happens i think
0: yeah when he has eight sacks uh
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter it
0: doesn't matter because each one will be the best sack ever made in a group of five game i t- yeah i totally agree with you on that one i am going to go with my official pick i am going to take uh i'm going on i'm going relatively off the board some we haven't talked about deandre swift at plus plus four thousand. i think he's gonna have a huge season i think george is gonna be undefeated headed into that auburn game even if they lose as i said as i stated prior i think they're going to go to the sec championship and uh i'm going to take deandre at plus plus four thousand. that's your value pick i also uh would advise throwing down on herbert and shea patterson so who's your official pick nick Hmm.
1: uh you know just well i guess just to be safe we'll take uh from the guys that I mentioned, I'll take Dobbins just because I think Ohio State is going to figure out that he's 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 their guy relative to Haskins, and if they can get things moving in the right direction, he's going to be the guy.
0: Okay, I mean, he's plus eighteen hundred. So, all right, that uh, wraps up so That's your official season preview uh, from the Commitment Issues Gang. Uh, you've got all our picks. You can make fun of us, mock us relentlessly. Uh, oh, I, I,
1: I didn't say it real, real quick too. I think. I didn't get a, a word in about the all-fired list, but you know, I the, the and I teased it a little bit earlier in reference to Notre Dame. I mean, what what do you think? What do you think Chip Kelly's situation is? Uh, Keep saying Chip Kelly, Brian, <laughs> Brian Brian Kelly's situation is coming into coming into this season because Notre Dame's got a, a tricky schedule.
0: Well, here I worry about their quarterback situation. Uh, I, I, I'm nervous about it. They do have a tricky schedule. I think if they'd have to lose, they'd have to lose five games for him to get fired, though. In my opinion.
1: Well, if you if you think they're gonna real quick, we'll play a schedule game. You think they're gonna lose Michigan out out the gates? Yes, and, zero and one. Vanderbilt, do you feel is down this year? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a win for the Irish.
1: Wake Wake Forest might give them a scare early, but they'll probably win that game. Yeah, win. But Stanford, what do you think?
0: Right. Hey, let's give him a loss on that one i put them two and two at virginia tech mm, win oh okay all right
1: see see if they don't get tripped up at virginia tech then things might be okay because then they play pittsburgh which will give them a win navy might you know it's tough but they'll win that gives them five that's five and two right uh, yeah, still two, still two losses. Northwestern. I I just feel like I just feel like one of those one of these middle teams. Whether it's maybe not Vandy, but whether it's whether it's Wake, Virginia Tech, or Northwestern, maybe Navy.
0: Some somebody's going to give them a trip up scare. Yeah, if they start out like 2 and 3, if they lose both of the you know, if they were to lose Stanford, lose Virginia Tech and lose Michigan. Because then they
1: close, then they close with Florida State with which if they get the wheels turned in the right direction is going to be tough and then Syracuse, uh, who knows at the end of the season how they're going to look and then USC to close things out. Yeah,
0: that's a tough that's a tough schedule. That's what you get for not being in the conference. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although they're de facto in the ACC, I guess you should say. Sure. So uh, anyway, so that, that wraps up uh, our series preview on that front. Uh, we did want to rush through the over-unders. I think we'll do our uh, – let's do our ransom recommendations first or a tweet of the week. You got a tweet this week, Nick?
1: You better hope that mediocre money that you make at Rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life.
0: I've got a bunch of things favorited, but none of them uh, – None of them are funny tweets, uh, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, I got nothing. No, no funny tweets this week. Uh, uh, you know what? The best tweet I saw this week was that, did you see the video of the, uh, the dude coming home from the military and the dog being all excited to see him? Mm, not the most recent one, but that's not the first time I've seen something like that. So yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it was reminiscent of when Grizz when Grizz saw you, he came back. Uh, oh, that's true. That's true. Remember? It was the closest you're going to get. He came. I out think. All- I
1: think actually, you might have had my tweet of the week. Honestly, when uh, what? the so, somebody had tweeted something about uh, Barry Sanders. High, highlight tape being hidden, and then he was probably a two star. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my new shtick: is that every player was two star. Although they did, they did note that 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 uh, they hit his high, that the Oklahoma State coaches went there, watched his highlight film, and loved it, and then stole the video. Yeah, so They couldn't get any other offers. Yeah. Well, hey,
1: that, back in you know, back, back in the time when you could get away with something like that, why wouldn't you?
0: You know yeah well we we watched it look pretty good uh you know very very i'm sure barry sanders is very good in high school don't have to uh don't have to go out on much much of a limb there but uh anyway okay moving on uh ransom recommendations we're gonna do this now for the people that like to listen to it and don't want to hear more over under talk uh i got a i got a long list so uh you know you, you pick your poison here nick um no, have
1: have at it. I'm going to sip some coffee and let you uh entertain me.
0: So so do they have these bird scooters there? Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You bet. Okay, so they started in Santa Monica. I remember seeing them uh you know, that's where the company's based. They've now banned them in the city where they're from and they're piled up all over the place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh there's safety issues, people aren't wearing helmets. And you know, here in the, you can imagine what's going on here in Atlanta. People just riding them down the middle of I-75. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta knows no bounds when it comes to these things. These scooters, uh, if they're in your city, uh, I'm sure you know they're a disaster. They pile up all over the streets. In theory, they make sense. Hey, let's ride these little scooters around instead of driving a car. It's good for the environment, this, that, and a third. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, I was in Portland. They were just starting to infiltrate there. Like, oh, we just got them two weeks ago. I was like, yeah, get back to me in six months when they're just stacks of them. And they're spreading, they're spreading to my neighborhood. There were six of them uh, right at the corner by my house at the bus stop uh, today. So I did, I did read an article that said you can get paid to charge them. So uh, maybe I'll change my opinion. But they're a, disaster. they're a disaster. They were not made for Atlanta where pedestrians just wander out into traffic as is. Now that they're on electric scooters, we got, we, we got all kinds of problems. So uh, how are they holding up there in Austin? Uh, it's not quite
1: as, um, eh, I, I don't spend, I don't spend a ton of time downtown, so I'm not sure what it looks like down there, uh, these these days since they've really caught fire. Um, there's the few, the couple places that I've seen them, it's not like people are just dropping them and stacking them. I've seen them in a few places where people, uh, are, are courteous enough to drop a kickstand and leave them upright, um, you know, and, and, and not leave them in cumbersome areas. But, you know, I think, I think we've talked before. In areas like Dallas, when they started when they started doing the bike share program, people just leave
0: them in medians, turned over on the side. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: well,
0: you can imagine what it's like here, people just throw them on the ground. There's no kickstand is not being deployed anywhere (laughs) in the city. (laughs) They're literally just being thrown in the middle of the sidewalks. So uh, there's got they got to figure out something. I mean, I was surprised Austin, which banned Uber and Lyft at one point. Uh well, that was a
1: different scenario but but both of those are back in business out
0: here too so all right so second thing cotton candy grapes do we really need cotton candy in our grapes grapes taste if you can get a good green grape the problem is inconsistency with the taste now they've infused cotton candy to get kids <laughs> to eat them <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> is really
1: funny that you just wanted okay cotton candy cotton candy grapes we've got to talk about them Here's we do the
0: <laughs> We do. they're disgusting they they don't taste like cotton candy they they're they're gross and a good green grape is better don't you know don't give your kids cotton candy grapes i'm sorry if if they if they oh, are that addicted to sugar it's time to send them to rehab no
1: i agree with you on that one okay next. i do actually i do have a rant actually real quick and i'm sure okay. you have some kind of uh some kind All of right. report for this so so as as you may or may not know i'm i'm signed up i'm actually signed up for two adult soccer leagues coming up here in the fall which i'm I'm pretty excited about, but i've been trying to whip myself into a little bit better shape you know to get ready for all the running and whatnot uh There's a park' close to my house, and I, you know it's it's really more of just like a meadow it's, it's like a field uh that that doesn't really get used anymore uh so a lot of people go out there with their dogs and stuff but I was out there. Uh, you know, just, just, you know, just kind of running around doing, you know, just do, doing some simple touch stuff as much as I could do by myself, had a, uh, had a backpack and water bottle out there. This guy comes out here with three dogs, one of them being some kind of, some kind of pit bull type mix. Just, it just prances over to my backpack and starts peeing on it to which, oh, Wow! To, to which point I go over and just scream at the dog chasing him off, you know? And uh, you know, and and then what is the and what do you think the guy's reaction was <laughs> to all this? Yeah, what did he do? I'm curious. Hey, I can't can't control my dogs from doing uh, stuff like that.
0: I would have peed on
1: him. Yeah, yeah. So to to which I could have been like, well, you could have tried calling him over. Every single every single public park that you go to because of liability purposes. What is the first sign that you see at every single park you go to? Dog has to be on a leash. Dog has to be on a leash. And of course this guy shows up with three lets them run free, free to pee on anything that they want to to which he just says, "Hey, dogs are going to dog, right?" But uh, but for- fortunately I was able to act uh act angry enough even even though it was a even though the backpack was previously donated to us and is one of the waterproof variety. Um so I really wasn't that upset about it plus it's kind of old but i acted angry enough that that he ended up giving me some money to go get it dry cleaned
0: wow you came out you came out of, how much money did he give you well he first he offered
1: me 20 but then he only had 10 in his wallet but i took that because i just i just threw some water on it and called it
0: good <laughs> so <laughs> So there you have it. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a profitable trip to the park. Uh, yeah. That's interesting because you tend to be sort of, uh, you know, bordering on a germaphobe in terms of how disgusting you find stuff like that. But I guess it must be the waterproofing must be pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I left it in the garage. If it
1: smells today, then we'll we'll just figure something else out. Lord, Lord knows we got plenty of backpacks given to
0: us over the past <laughs> however many years, right? Well, you don't got to tell me. I mean, I I was blessing the babies here when the, with the backpack drive in Atlanta. I gave away several this year uh at the beginning of the school year uh to uh you know, for some type of school supply drives or whatever because <laughs> I had like 10 backpacks right. in my closet. And I was like, "What am I going to do with all these? This is stupid." Um all right, have oh, got. To, I'm not going to go on my next two. I'll save it for next week. But I am going to tell a quick dog story since you're on it. So, you know, me and my dog, Grizz, also referred to as Chris uh, by every person that meets him. Uh, we went to the dog park. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. And, you know, we were constantly having run-ins with this dog, Charlie. Okay, big chocolate lab, just a monster size-wise. Of course, you know, is not fixed, which is a uh, dog park rule number one don't bring the unfixed dogs there. So there's not a uh, confrontation well, it's, it's the dog park rule. Number two after, the, Oh no, wait, as a dog park. So. Yeah. I'm saying where well, you could let them off the leash. So, yeah. you know, Charlie was displaying a pattern of abusive behavior towards Grizz over a period of time. And, uh, you know, uh, most people that know Grizz, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, the nicest dog there is. Doesn't bark, doesn't make a whole lot of noise, really doesn't, doesn't do much except want you to pet him. Uh, and, you know he doesn't. He's really aloof at the dog park too. He, does, he doesn't. really have a whole lot to say to other dogs. He kind of rolls around. He plays for maybe five seconds and is like, "All right, well, I'm out of here." So uh, Charlie had Charlie had you know tried to hump him a few times, and, and Grizz had taken a little bit of umbrage with it, but just kind of tried to tried to run away. And and, and Grizz is a decent sized dog. He's about seventy five pounds, so it's not, it's not like it's a small dog. And one day, Charlie comes up just, and and Grizz was on alert, saw him coming. And I swear, Charlie came in that thing and put one paw on Grizz's back. And Grizz, being half pit bull, just turned around like a bat out of hell and just attacked Charlie, at which point, what did I do? Absolutely nothing. Just let him fight. You know, then all the dogs get in the skirmish and people start freaking out. And they go, you're going to get your dog? And I was like, nah, I told you. Because I had told the guy before. I said, I told you, just you, your dog's not fixed. You shouldn't bring him here. And he's going to keep humping people. Guess what? He's going to get, uh, he's going to get. You mess with the, what do you say? Don't mess, mess with, with the bull. Yeah, mess with the bull, you get the horns. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. Grizz turned around, tore into him. Uh, good job, Grizz. And the guy says, "If you if you can't control your dog, you shouldn't be here. And I was like. You're the one that can't control your dog. He's sitting here humping all the dogs. And they were like, oh, Then he was like, oh, well, uh, you know, he's much bigger. It's a dominance thing. I said, well, I'm much bigger than you. How about I push you down on the ground and start humping you? Would you like that? <laughs> and the looks on the faces of the people at the dog park. I mean, <laughs> 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 you want to hey, talk. Hey,
1: listen. I, listen, I'm not a dog owner. I, and, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind people that bring their dogs to dog parks. I understand the concept and I understand the the will to want to do that. I just feel like going to the dog park is so much more, is so much more of a hassle than it is, uh, than it is good, good for you or your dog, because the entire time you're there you have to make sure that your dog's not eating some other dog or some other dog's not eating your dog or you got to have this interaction with this other owner or, you know, there's always something going on and you just can't like sit down and relax. Like there's so many, there's so many of these bars that are like dog park bars uh, now. If you just wanna, like if you just want to sit down and have a drink and relax, you know, you, you can't because you got to keep your eye on your dog at all times because something's, it's always going to be getting into trouble or something's going to be happening to it. And it's like, how do you even enjoy yourself? You know?
0: Well, we've talked about that before. I mean, you know, Charlotte being the city, most offensive city, number one, where a dog will just come up and just jump on your table out of nowhere. Dogs aren't meant for restaurants. I've talked about it a thousand times. So, uh, I'm a dog owner, a dog lover, but let your dog, co- you know, let your dog jump up on my table. He's going to get backhanded across the face and go down the floor and that's going to cause, uh, more issues. Cause, uh, guess what? If that dog would have peed on my bag, I would have kicked it. And that would have led to, uh, that led to drama. I, I remember having well, drama. You, with- you wouldn't have gotten any money if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have gotten all the money after I kicked the guy too. while I was at it. Um, the, uh, our former coworker, uh, Victoria, whatever her name was. You remember her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we one time went to the dog park with our two dogs and a dog kept humping uh, Grizz and I booted it and she got so mad at me. She was like, you can't kick animals. Yeah, um, sorry, snowflake. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Let's uh, let's do these over unders. So if you don't want to listen anymore, we're gonna we're gonna power through them uh, as quickly as we can. This is a mega episode. We were supposed to do this over the weekend. Uh, we should have just done it me and you since Rob was not going to get his power cord fixed. Um, but anyway, let's go. Let's start with the SEC. Alabama. Their total is ten and a half. Uh Rob took the over and uh that's a big number, but I think we're both assuming Alabama's gonna make the playoff, so uh we're gonna take the uh, over there, right, Nick?
1: I didn't pick Alabama. Oh you didn't pick Alabama. Oh, sorry, no. sorry, sorry. So I, I just I I'm banking on the fact that Tua is not as good as everybody thinks he is, and at this point the the quarterback situation is, is kinda too toxic to not you know, to kind of resolve itself in a positive way, uh, with, with other with other SEC teams trying to move past them this season
0: so yeah so you so you've got them losing two regular season games wow let me let me
1: pick the ones that they might lose here I'm looking at their schedule and I don't see a lot of options but uh, but I picked Auburn to I picked Auburn to make the playoffs so I'll take them and then let's say uh why not let's let's give uh well you know what why don't we why don't I take the home state team and and pick Texas A&M to
0: finally get over the hump and, and catch them catch them slipping Okay, all right, so I, that's going to be tough either way, even if even if uh you think you know all the things that Nick just stated prior. Uh, moving on, Arkansas, their number is six. Rob took uh the under, and I have to say, mm, I think they start out three and0. they got to play your boys at North Texas though in week three, Nick, right out of the gate. Uh, Tulsa gives them four, uh, maybe they beat Vandy. they're going to be right on the nose. Uh, I'm going to take the under as well.
1: You know, you know I, I might take the over because and and, and let's say, you know, let's say if, if Missouri, if Missouri's coach is really on the hot seat and they don't have the type of season they're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, you we, we put Tulsa in that group of five playoff. They'll be a tricky team. And so I don't, I don't know. There's some possible trip ups there. So. All right. But
0: you're taking the over still, right? Or no, you're taking the under.
1: I can't remember what I said. You I'll say what, what, what did
0: you take? I took under. and Rob took under.
1: Oh, oh, right. I was trying to make the case that maybe maybe Orgeron gets fired. Maybe, yeah. maybe Mississippi State's coaches and what we have put them out to be. So I'll take the over. Why not?
0: All right. Moving on. Auburn. Uh, their total is eight point five. Obviously, you're taking the over. You got them go into the natty. Rob took the over. I think they go nine and three. Probably at worst. Uh, so I'm going to take them as the over as well. Uh, Florida seven and a half. Rob is very down on Florida. He does not think they're going to be good. He took the under. I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect from them. I, I was sort of bizarre looking at their depth chart because some of their best players from last season were listed as backups. And I was like, Man, what's, what's going on down there? But uh, nevertheless, uh, you have to assume they beat Kentucky at home because they, I'm pretty sure they beat Kentucky at home for like 30 years in a row or whatever. Uh, they do have to play uh, Colorado State. Which is going to be hard for them to to keep up, I think, uh, scoring wise. But still, I see them. Uh, I see them going about six and six, maybe seven and five. So I'm going to go with and Take the under. I'll I'll take the under because uh, I trust you guys. All right, moving on. Georgia, their number is high at ten and a half. I picked them to make the playoff. As I mentioned, I think they're going to be ten and zero, or excuse me, nine and zero. 9 and 0. Yeah. 9 and 0 oh, headed into the Auburn game. Uh I think the one chance they lose is uh week 2 at South Carolina. Even so, uh I I think they finish 11 and 1 uh, at the worst and I think they easily cover that. Rob has them uh Rob has them going under, which is which is pretty surprising. What do you think, Nick?
1: Uh man, man, that puts me in a tough spot because I picked them for the playoff along with Auburn and if they don't lose uh if they don't lose another game other than that, though, I think they'll be fine. Well, I'm looking at their schedule. I can give them the over on that one, even if they drop the
0: the. Yeah, game. I mean, they could lose to Auburn and then beat him again in the playoff and the SEC championship game, and they both get in based on, uh, especially if Auburn beats Alabama in the old uh, Iron Bowl. We saw it happen with Alabama last year. Kentucky... Interesting number for them. They're sitting at five and a half. They have Terry Wilson uh, playing quarterback, former uh, Oregon uh, transfer. Yeah, Oregon transfer. He never played there for them. Rob took the over. I think if you look at their schedule, I mean, they've got that workable non-conference. Obviously, they've had to play Louisville, but I think Louisville's going to be down. They play Middle Tennessee. They play Central Michigan and Murray State. So I'm going to give them four right there. I feel like they can easily get two maybe against Vandy. Yeah, they play at Tennessee. That's going to be tough. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, you never know. We'll see. Maybe they break that streak against Florida. I think they win six games and go to uh, bowl game again. That's interesting. I'm, I'm of a lot
1: of all the SEC teams, uh, probably most out of touch with Kentucky. Although I do have two con- two cousins going to school there right now. So
0: that's uh, right. Just, we went and had breakfast with one once at that disappointing breakfast place outside of town.
1: Yeah. Now, now his brother goes there as well. Uh, and they seem to be having a good time out there. So I'll take the over. Let's go. Wildcats. Woo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big, big blue, big blue nation. Uh, yeah, gu- Google field. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, moving on, LSU. Uh, Their number six and a half. Rob took the under. Uh, we 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 just talked about it. I think they could easily be one and two after three games. They got Miami and Auburn the first two weeks. Brutal start. They play Louisiana Tech, who I think is going to be a little tricky for them. Uh, they also play rice out of conference. So you figure they, they win those three games, but, uh, you know, Ole Miss, Florida, then they got to play, they, they got a gauntlet in the middle of the year where they got to play Georgia, Mississippi state and Alabama back to back to back. They're all at home, but, uh, I don't know, man. I think, I think the wheels could be coming off during that stretch. I think they go under, I think they go six and six. And, uh, I, I have a feeling that our boy Ed is, uh, is, uh, headed down the road. Oh well, it's tough
1: man i mean they you know there's just uh it's, it's like we talked about on on the previous uh previous podcast i lo- love their defense not not crazy about what they have offensively so i mean if you you know if you figure that there's a you know a couple of games where there's you know there's some potential for them to score some points on turnovers defensively um you know maybe that maybe that gets them a game on the schedule uh but if you're that down on them you know i might uh, I might have to agree with them uh, agree with you there as well.
0: All right, moving on to uh the next school, Mississippi State. Uh you guys talked about them a couple weeks ago where Rob said we didn't know much about Joe Moorhead as a head coach, even though he was a head coach at Fordham, <laughs> where he went 38 and 13. Uh
1: that, but why but okay, that's an unfair criticism of Rob. I mean, why like why would you why would that mean that you know anything about him as a head coach? How many Fordham football games have you? Uh,
0: I'm just saying we can't pretend he wasn't a head coach. But he was a head coach.
1: Well, sure, but I mean, all the every coach in college football was a head coach at some high school at some
0: point. Eh? You know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, the number the number is eight and a half, and Rob took the under. Uh, probably got him losing to Kansas State. If I had to guess, but, but I think <laughs> I, I, I that. I think they've, I think they've got a real chance to be 5 and 0 headed into the Auburn game. Uh they got Louisiana Tech, Arkansas, Ole Miss down the stretch. That gets them to 8. Uh but I'm going to go ahead and take the under. I think it's going to be tough to get to 9, especially considering they got to play they got to, you know, they have Alabama, they have Auburn, they have LSU, but I think maybe they trip up in one of the games and finish 8-4. Yeah
1: yeah i i mean i want to root for Mississippi state i mean I feel like they should have some uh some talent returning as well too to, to give old coach moorhead something to work with correct
0: yeah they got a lot of talent they got the quarterback who people have mentioned in the heisman race they got our, they got an influx of talent include our boy uh, uh Devontae Jason also known as wop uh, expected to see a lot of playing time for them and uh Joe moorhead famously pocket dialed me uh when he got the job so what's not to like about him mean <laughs> <laughs> my phone was ringing. I said, "Who?" I, I answered, "Hello." And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you." And I was like, "I was like, uh, this is Woody. Who is this?" And he goes, "Oh, it's Joe Moorhead from head coach at Mississippi State. I was just putting your number in my phone." Oh wow! And I said, That's "Oh, okay. Cool. All right, Joe. Well, let me know if you need anything." And he said, "Yeah, tell Rob Cassidy. I was a head coach at Fordham for four years." <laughs> <laughs> I said no problem. So, well, just for
1: that, just for that, I'll t- I'll give him the over because I love that story. I love Coach Moorhead. I have faith, I have faith in his experience from Fordham,
0: all right, even though he does. he doesn't he he accidentally calls people when he's putting numbers in his phone. I don't know hey, what no, that.
1: That's how you know you got the right number, though. He reached you, didn't he? So, he,
0: <laughs> so uh, Missouri, they're number seven and a half. We saw them struggle to start the year last year, and then reel off a, a ton of wins down the stretch. There is no reason for me to believe they can't do the same thing. This year, Rob took the over of that seven and a half. I'm looking at their schedule. I got news for you. They they could go ten and two. Uh that's obviously optimistic. I think they go no worse than eight and four. I think that's an easy over.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it depends. I mean, they they they've got a game at South Carolina which gonna be which is gonna to be tough. The Georgia game obviously is gonna to be tough, but uh depending on what you're you know, opinion is of uh, you know some of these other other teams on there. Maybe Purdue would be would be a loss depending on how high you are on them. But yeah, I mean they 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 could they could push there. You, you said you took the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over seven and a
0: half. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's go. Let's go over. Yeah, assume they lose to Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, and then they trip up in one of the other games. It's still eight and four. Come on. And if you want to go to the Kentucky game, tickets are available from six dollars. So. Uh, Look into that if you want to see an SEC game. All right, moving on. Uh, Ole Miss, also known as Ole Miss, as it's often referred to by uh, uh, certain people we know. Uh, I, I'm curious as to how things shake out. I really like the quarterback there. The number is six. Rob took the over. It's kind of tricky. They play Texas Tech uh, at home to start the year. I think that's going to be a tough game just because I don't, I'm not sure about their defense. Uh, Texas other Tech is it? at home. Uh, yeah. No, the Texas Tech game is in Oxford. Then they play – they got Southern Illinois, Kent State, and Louisiana Monroe out of conference. Uh, and their cross game, set, they have to play South Carolina. South Carolina draw the line the of the stick, and they also play Vanderbilt. So, I don't know. I count – I count at least three. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I'm going to go with a push, I guess. I, I just – I, as much as I like their quarterback, I think it's going to be tough. And if you want to go to that Louisiana Monroe game, we got tickets from $2. What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what's, it, what's the number again? Six?
1: Six, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the – I
0: don't know. I'll take the under. Wow. Okay. So, you're I'm going to go five and seven. Uh, all right. Moving on. South Carolina. This is one of the most perplexing ones I've seen. The total is seven and a half. I'm like, what the – I, I I can't imagine. Like I said, they got that Georgia game, and they play Clemson at the end of the year. Other than that, listen to this, listen to this gauntlet: home for Coastal Carolina, then they play Georgia. Home for Marshall at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky. Home for Missouri. Home for Texas A&M. Home for Tennessee at Ole Miss at Florida. Home for Chattanooga. That's a, it. Sounds like ten and two to me. Uh, worst case, nine and three. What do you think, Nick?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, maybe the numbers based on people expecting for uh, you know, Will Muschamp to to do the typical st- start out strong and then and then lose steam, I suppose, as he did at Florida. Is that is that what you think people are banking on there? I guess, yeah. Uh, but but because you're so high on him and you're familiar with a lot of the players that go there, I I trust your opinion of of what they're going to be able to do this season.
0: All right, Uh, Texas A and M going down to your neck of the woods. Call it lovely College Station, which uh, I might be passing through next week, depending on how my plans go when I when I make my voyage uh, down your way. Their number is interesting. They're sitting at seven and a half. Um, Rob took the over. Planning that Jimbo is going to make a big impact. They have an easy non-conference schedule with uh, UAB, Louisiana Monroe, Northwestern State. And uh, they all they have to play Clemson, so I was like, oh, they got to they got to have one decent team in there, but uh, they got to play the number one and number two teams in the first four games. I think that's tough. I think they'll be two and two. I think they go seven and five. I just think it's too big of a number. And uh, and then we'll let you talk, Nick. Give us your thoughts and and go go long on this one because uh, I need to uh, take a break real fast. <laughs> well, well, my opinion,
1: my opinion of the situation, looking looking at how things are going and the mood of. Uh, what what's been going on in college station i i do believe the texas a&m has a chance to get over that 7 win mark i think there's a lot of you know there's no question that uh they haven't been recru- it's not like they haven't been recruiting well it's just a matter of uh have they been making the best use of the talent that they've that they've brought in and i think uh coach fisher and and the staff that he's assembled there will do a good job of you know kind of moving some parts around and uh finding some finding some ways to make use of the talent that they've brought in Uh, you know with a new look uh, both offensively and defensively and I think his you know I think uh, Jimbo's familiarity with Clemson will at least give them a close game uh, you know against the Tigers and then looking down at the rest of the the conference schedule when they get to the back half of the season is certainly manageable uh, for him you know outside of that game against Auburn Uh, you know I think they they finish with you know with winnable games against Mississippi UAB and LSU as well so um, you know I think if you if you take if you go two and two to start, and you finish the season with three wins, uh, and you can scratch out, uh, you know, wins against Arkansas and Kentucky as well, you know, I think that puts you in uh, position if you're Texas A&M to to
0: hit that over mark. All right, next up on the old docket here, Tennessee, uh, five and a half. Uh, Rob took the under, which he didn't receive a ton of blowback for. I think uh, some people are high. I think there's a lot of Tennessee fans out there maybe pushing pushing it up. I think I'm going to go with the under as well. I just If you look at the schedule, it's tough, man. I mean, West Virginia is brutal. Then they got East Tennessee and UTEP. I think those are two wins. But then you have the – listen to this slate. You've got Florida. Then you've got at Georgia, at Auburn, home for Alabama, at South Carolina. I just think that's a a brutal stretch. I think they probably lose four of those five. uh, And then they have Charlotte, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt down the stretch. I think they need to go. I guess I have them winning the three non-conference games and probably going two and two against the likes of uh, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Florida. So that gets them to uh, five games. Uh, I assume they lose to West Virginia, also as I picked earlier. So I think they go five and seven, and so I'm going to take the
1: under there. What do you think, Nick? I don't think this season should be looked at anything more as a situation to set the table for next year. You know, win the games where you can this year, but but really, but really, just kind of set the tone heading into next year. Get the young guys that you think can play uh, as much as many reps as you can this season, and you know, just set the table for next year. So, so I'll, I'll take the under, but you know, long term, you know, I have I have high hopes for uh, you know what what's going to go on there in Knoxville. All right,
0: moving on to Vanderbilt. Uh, I think this is the last team in the SEC. They are at uh, four. Uh, Rob took the over, and guess what? I agree with them. I think they win uh, their, their, their non-conference games against Middle Tennessee, Nevada, and Tennessee State. And then I feel like they got to win uh, a conference game or two. They beat Tennessee two years in a row. they played teams like Kentucky tough. They play Arkansas. I think that might be a winnable game. So, uh, you know, Derek Mason, friend of the show, come on the podcast before. and. Uh, I think we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. What do you think? Yes, I agree. You know, he's actually, I, I really, I really enjoy talking to him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I texted him at some point on the old alleged bat phone. I didn't hear back from him. So maybe the bat phone changed. Cause he told me you text that bat phone. You're not hear back from me. Um, so I have to look into that coach, get, get back to me. And then I didn't, I, I, sadly, I can't share the con, the, uh, conversation I had with Jeremy Pruitt last time on the phone. <laughs> which was just a couple, of, just a couple of years ago. Uh, all right, we'll zoom through the Pac-12 now. But
1: it's funny you got Coach Moorhead calling you involuntarily, and then you got a, a, a dedicated line to Coach Mason that he won't answer
0: you on that you're supposed right. to. <laughs> yeah, and then I got – well, and Jeremy Pruitt definitely has my phone number, uh, as I learned, uh, some point a few years ago. All right, moving on. We'll start with the Pac-12. Arizona, it's seven and a half. Rob took the over. Which uh, sort of surprises me. That's a big number. We said we like Khalil Tate uh, in his ability. I just think, oh, it's tough. I, I, I did. I did call Rob at one point and said, "Is it possible, uh, you know, to wager on Arizona to win the Pac-12 South?" I just think the South is going to be muddled. Um, well, what do you think? Nick, give your pick, and then I'll kind of, I'll kind of see what I get. I do. I think it's tough.
1: Mm, yeah, I, you know, I I think there's a lot of positive energy for several of the teams on the on the schedule down the stretch uh, for Arizona. That's going to make it tough. What did you say the number was again? Five? Uh, the number? No, the number seven and a half. Rob took the over. <laughs> oh, he took the over. Oh, yeah, man, I don't know about all that. I'm 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 gonna have to take the under on that just because I think. Yeah, I mean, we saw you know, you know, when when Kevin Sumlin took over in Texas A and M that first season, he came out with an eleven win season, and I, I think caught some people by surprise. But I think at this point now, um, you know, people like you mentioned earlier, people know the know the story with Khalil Tate. I think people have an understanding of you know what what uh, you know Sumlin tries to do as a coach, especially with a lot of his you know staff carried over there, you know. And then you look at the the bigger games on that schedule um you know i i guess oregon is probably going to be a loss. Uh, southern cal a loss uh i think you know I, I washington state will give them the benefit of the doubt and i think arizona state you know could go either way with with coach herm you know friend on un, un- <laughs> unknowing friend of the podcast uh coach herm edwards so you know and, and and we'll see we'll see what happens with the aforementioned chip kelly at ucla i, I just think there's too many question marks on the schedule for me to feel seven and a half
0: games confident in him this year all right. Moving on. Arizona State. Rob took the over. Uh, at, at The win total is five, so it's good value on the five. It's plus 130. I think that might have been why he took it. I look at the schedule, though. They play your boys from UTSA uh, and a friend of the show, Frank Wilson, who wanted to come on the podcast, but uh, I overslept and missed it. <laughs> Sorry, coach. Uh, your dealings missed-
1: with head coaches in college football <laughs> is really... <laughs>
0: <laughs> we missed that one, uh but at the end they play at San Diego State. those are brutal non conference games oh, and they got Michigan state, so they open with Texas San antonio who we think is probably a bowl team, Michigan State and at San Diego State, which is basically the thirteenth pac twelve team and it's probably better than Oregon State and Colorado if i were if I were to wager, so I think it's a push I think they go five and seven uh despite uh. And, and but Herm's going to provide us with lots of content, and that's the key.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know I, as far as that UTSA game specifically goes. I'm not I'm not quite. You, you know, you you and me famously watched UTSA and the and Baylor last season, and that that provided a lot of entertainment for for you and me watching that game. But I I don't have the same feeling about uh, San Antonio coming back this season as you know as, in terms of optimism as I did last year. So I I don't know. I mean, if they if they can if they can get that. That first one there, that at least gives them a little something to w- to work with going forward. Um, but yeah, oh, I don't know. Looking at the rest of the schedule is pretty tough. What did you say the number was one more time? Five. I said they're going to push. Yeah, push is push is the smart money
0: is probably on pushing, even though you really can't bet on that. <laughs> um, you should be able to if you could hit it exactly. I feel like that's hard. I feel like that should be a bet, Vegas. I'll take. I'm, I'm
1: going to take the under. I, I think it's tough. As much as I like, uh, you know, Benjamin too, who who I think we should have on the podcast at some point. Maybe maybe we'll get him in halfway through the season just to do a, <laughs> a midterm update
0: on how on what the tone is at Arizona State. I'm going to take the under. All right, moving on. Cal, the total is six. Rob took the over. I'm going to take you over too. speaking of uh, head coaches, Justin Wilcox from Junction City, Oregon, one of the main rivals of Cottage Grove High School. I don't know if you knew that, Nick. You know, those two named uh, towns, you know, they don't get along. And uh, I do remember uh, idolizing Justin when he was a high school quarterback. He went on to play at Oregon and now is, uh, is a head coach. So uh, I never met him, in re- I've never met him, though, since I've had this job. So uh, no, no, no nugget there. But uh, having uh, idolized him since I was little, guess what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they go seven and five, uh, looking at the schedule. They do have a tough uh, stretch where they got to go. Uh, they play Washington. Then they play at Washington state at USC home for Stanford. So that'll probably Mm -hmm. make or break their season there late in the year. Yeah. Uh, how'd they finish last year? Good question. I think they were, I mean, let's take, let's take a look at, at how they finished last year. Um, they won five games last year and they lost to ucla 30 to 27 to the la- they lost by three points to stanford then three points to ucla that's how close they were to bowl eligibility okay all right well i don't i don't particularly like their
1: schedule either but i think uh you know i'm i think somebody's got to take a step forward and i think cal's got a lot of positive momentum so we'll go
0: we'll go with you over there all right so i've seen a ton of lists when we're looking up the fired coaches thing colorado we saw mike mcintyre on all types of lists and i'm like you know, didn't they just win like ten games a couple of years ago after being yeah. like the worst team on Earth? I mean, why are we trying to fire this guy so fast? Well, I you know, that that's that's one of the
1: that's unfortunate for him too, because I, I think he's a victim of his own success in that category because I think, you know, they came out they they were they were a, a darling team. They were one of those teams that, you know, on a week to week basis you could you know, you could look at Colorado as a fun game to uh you know, to watch for monetary purposes as well but but i you know since since then just not a lot of traction not a lot of uh, not a lot of steps forward you know from them and and i i'm not sure that they've they, you know, based on what i've seen they i don't think they really overly cashed in on a recruiting
0: front from that success from the success of that season either so yeah um, they, they, they didn't no, in 2016 they won 10 games so last year they won and they took they cut that in half to five and now the number's five again rob took a push Uh, guess what? I'm going to take, you know, they're playing Colorado state on a short week. This week, Colorado state, of course, played on Saturday and lost to Hawaii. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them the break that they go at Nebraska. I think that's going to be tough, but I I got them beat. I got them beating, uh, UNH, which I assume is New Hampshire, uh, UCLA. Mm, It's going to be tough though, to get to six. I'm going to go ahead and take the push as well at five. What do you think? Yeah. So that's a, that's a solid, that's a solid
1: no bet there too on Colorado. Yeah. I'm going to take I, I'm going to take the under. I I if there's that much smoke around him being on the hot seat and things just haven't been able they haven't been able to take to move forward from from that 2016 season. I don't know. I'm not feeling well, overly positive about it.
0: He had some uh some issues as well with an assistant coach uh having some problems and and I think he was disciplined last year. I think that factored in as well. So that might be factoring into the hot seat talk. Uh, too but uh, i think if we're going strictly based on how he is as a coach i think even if they go five and seven they shouldn't fire him because we've seen what happened you know when they ran people out of there then they're rebuilding for 10 years so um that's just my opinion uh which is really
1: which is really i mean colorado i I don't understand how colorado cannot be an attractive destination for for players to go i mean you're in a power five conference beautiful out there in boulder
0: well they did the, the the 30 for 30 about it and how he used to how the the coach back in the day used to uh recruit all the kids from california out there and they loved it they loved the mountains and yeah. you know it is it's a very nice city there's also some other uh unrelated uh <laughs> you know medical options i say would be attractive to some uh, people although maybe that is part of the problem too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so who knows but uh yeah I, I think i think you know okay if you go if he if he wins five games this year and then four next year okay hit the road jack but i just don't think after one or two bad years you you pull the plug that quickly uh moving on to oregon uh, sometimes friend of the show, uh, Mario Cristobal, who was a guest earlier this year. Uh, of course, our boy Marcus Arroyo uh, is the offensive coordinator, talks to Nick and I a lot. Um, so we're partial to Oregon. I grew up in Oregon, and their schedule is, boy, easy as pie, Nick. Holy cow, have you, have you looked at this thing? I'm looking at it right now. They only play five road games. They start the year Bowling Green, Portland State, and San Jose State. Uh, so that's three and zero. Then they play Stanford at home. Then they go to Cal. It, it's not un, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They're five and zero headed into the Washington game, which is also at home. Uh, even if you assume they lose that, then they got Washington State, Arizona, UCLA, Utah, Arizona State, Oregon State. I mean, they don't have to play USC. Uh, who's the other team that they miss from the from the West? I can't figure it out right now. Uh, or the South, excuse me, but nevertheless i guess they miss colorado that's the other team um but forget about it i feel like that's nine wins easy even if you assume they lose to washington stanford and then trip up in one of the other games that's nine and three
1: well this is this is the kind of schedule that you really like right because you have you have some built-in heavy hitters in stanford washington a good a good upper mid-card team we'll call them in in washington state and if you can and and the rest of the schedule is real favorable for you. I think there's a big opportunity here for Oregon, especially Crystal Ball to you know to establish himself here in a big spot as a head coach. So so we'll take the over there too. I think they've got things
0: in the right uh, in the right place to succeed this season. I believe they were at one point scheduled to play Texas A and M uh, this year, and Texas A and M bought out, which is how they ended up with the. Uh, Less than an, less than impressive schedule. And guess what? If they if they were to go eleven and one, I think they still missed the playoff because of the schedule. They really would have to go undefeated, uh, in order to make it. We saw it happen to Baylor in the past, and and some other teams. So, uh, moving on, Oregon State. Uh, your Oregon State Beavers two and a half. Leash. Jeez, that is a low number. They open the year at Ohio State. I have a feeling they're going to take a beat down there. They play Southern Utah, Nevada. Uh, those are their only three non-conference games. The Pac-12 only plays three. Those are your two wins. you got to find a win in the Pac-12. Guess what? Jonathan Smith, I watched him as a kid growing up, Uh, watched him beat Oregon several times in person. I think they find one more win on the schedule. I think maybe it's Colorado, uh, maybe it's Washington State, maybe it's Arizona State, but I got them going three and nine. M. Deuce, he loves his beavers, went to his house, decked out in uh, beaver's attire uh as well as some of the medicinal uh things we mentioned earlier <laughs> but uh i'm going to take the beavers over uh rob took the under which thinks you're going to a 2 and 10 which is brutal
1: well i yeah i might take the under too because i'm not sure nevada is a uh or nevada is a uh, is a is a lock win for them right now either uh so yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no love for the old uh, beaver, Stanford. Moving on, the Cardinal over under is only eight, which is surprising considering that they're ranked uh, pretty high. I mean, right? What do, we, what do we think? What do we think about that, Nick? They're ranked. Let me, let's take a look at their at their ranking again. I think they're number fourteen, which is which is is crazy to think. Oh, they're number thirteen. So you're assuming the number thirteen team is only going to win eight games? I feel like that's. Uh, that's pretty low when you look at their schedule of course they always have the tricky non-conference game against uh, Notre Dame. they also have to play San Diego State who beat them just last year San Diego State always gives them problems I don't know why they play them seems like every year um, but the other games against UC Davis but if you look at their first look at this look at their first f- five games Nick San Diego State home for USC and they got UC Davis at Oregon at Notre Dame. I mean, they could be two and three or three and two. I mean, so I guess that, that explains the number. I'm going to go with a push. I think they're probably a little overrated in the rankings. I think they always get off to a slow start, and uh, it's going to be tough for them to uh, to start the year the way they want to. And I don't think they're going to be able to push teams around like they have in the past like Oregon because uh, they've beefed up and sort of matched their size on the O and D line. Well.
1: You know, I I don't know. I mean, I I think uh, you, you know before before we started recording, you and me were having a conversation about how uh, how overrated uh, California quarterback prospects have ended up ultimately being in, in general over the past few years, and, and I'm looking at it now it it's sort of you know what KJ Costello was able to do last season heading into this year, obviously former uh former five star Trent Irwin in there at wide receiver. But 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 remember uh I, I think not not this uh past year. Two two seasons ago they they got two five star offensive linemen, one of them being Walker Little from uh you know from my state here in Texas. I you know I think you know I think maybe they exercise some demons here and and I'll and I'll take the I'll take the over uh I'll take the over on eight.
0: Yeah, because that's I because
1: right. I, I'm I'm a little down on Notre Dame as I mentioned earlier and um, well let's say let's say they they beat San Diego State that first week and then they have a manageable schedule to you know kind of close out the season those last five games. so
0: yeah, and I don't know if I said it or not. Uh, Rob took the over as well uh, with his uh, love for Bryce love. Um, all right, moving on, UCLA five and a half. Sheesh what a uh, what a what a what a low number for old Chip Kelly, but as we mentioned, his own former friend and, and confidant, said they'd be lucky to win six you look at their schedule they could easily be zero and three they have to play uh they play cincinnati to start they play at oklahoma then they play home for fresno state i mentioned fresno state in the potential uh you know playoff discussion there and then they play at colorado they could easily be you know six games into the year one and five which yikes uh down the stretch they play three of their last four games at oregon at arizona state home for usc and home for stanford so i figure they finish they finish one and four and if they start one and five and finish one and four <laughs> that's not a that's not a good start right
1: no i'll take i'll take the under this is a get your feet wet year for for coach kelly and uh, who i'm going to recall i'm going to call him as going forward so i don't call him chad kelly again <laughs> yeah,
0: chad, you've called him chad you called uh, brian chip you got them all mixed up but uh I'm going to take the under, like I said, and I think uh, Rob took the under as well. I think they probably go three and nine. Maybe they, I think they will beat a team they're not supposed to, to beat at some point because it, the, the offense gets rolling. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So moving on, USC, the total there is eight. Rob took the over. Uh, we, we, in, in JT Daniels, we trust, I'm going to take the over as well. They do have a tough start. They play UNLV. Then they go at Stanford at Texas, but I still think they're two and one after that. And then, uh, it's kind of smooth sailing from there. As mentioned, they miss Oregon in the Northern and the, and the upper half, uh, of the schedule. And guess what? They also miss Washington. So Take that for data. They missed probably two of the three best teams from the North. Good schedule for them. I think they easily win uh, nine games, maybe finish 10-2 and two going into the Pac-12 championship. I'll take the over as well. You should have maybe thought about that when we were picking playoff teams, but guess what? the think well, they did. Lose <laughs> to Washington. Um, next up, your favorite team, Utah, as they're often referred to when we talk about them. <laughs> because of if, you can fly,
1: if you can find that sound clip or that that video clip to send to me i gotta I've, no
0: i've tried so hard it was just a random moment on desperate housewives terry hatcher in a dramatic thing at some asked someone was and she said utah um, <laughs> <laughs> and from that day forward i cannot ever say utah i have to say utah so sorry uh utes fans um I love landing at your airport. It's very picturesque as I uh, fly in and out. Oftentimes. Oh, it's gorgeous. So, uh, I love it. Oregon. So the number there is seven. Rob took the under. Guess what? Give me the over for the Utes. Tyler Huntley, former South Florida Express quarterback. Uh, I, they also have uh, their top receiver and running back is also from Florida. Can't believe Rob took the under. I like their non-conference. They play Weber State. And guess what? Unless Damian Lillard's suiting up for them, uh, I don't stand a chance. Northern Illinois at Northern Illinois, which boy, you know, Oh, Hey, my, my head coach story, uh, Kyle Whittingham. (laughs) I saw him at the airport in Atlanta and he was checking it at the same counter as me. And it made me wonder, I was like, man, poor Kyle's out here recruiting, flying, uh, commercial, all these other head coaches are getting private jets and whatnot. Uh, you know, it was really, I really felt bad for him. Um, Uh, maybe maybe
1: he had to balance the books a little bit off after, uh, maybe going to one of the aforementioned clubs I don't think Kyle's that kind of guy but <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: think that's going to fly on Utah uh, but uh, you know the, he's had problems in the past with them you know uh, wanting to give these assistants raises and whatnot now they're playing at Northern Illinois which is clearly a home and home they didn't want to uh, just paying to play one way. So uh, nevertheless, I see them winning, hitting the over. I think they could be a factor. It's so hard to play there. Uh, you've got Washington State, Stanford, UCLA, and Arizona State going there. All teams that are not super familiar with that uh, playing at altitude. It's a tough environment. So I'm going to take the Utes to cover and go against uh, Rob, who took the under. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, that's fine.
1: I mean, what you're banking on there? It, I mean, it, again, it just depends on what you think of how well UCLA, Arizona State, and Colorado are going to do. If you think those are uh, those are down years for those teams, then then Utah can can hit the over on that number because they'll catch they'll catch somebody at home at, at elevation, as you
0: mentioned. Uh, maybe the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> uh, no, I think no, I think uh, no. They go. I think they go to they go to Oregon, but a lot. You of and me team- must be because I'm because I'm just I'm
1: just calling up these schedules on Google. The bottom team is the home team, right? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'm. Sometimes you call home games, and I see like Northern Illinois is listed as a home game uh, for for Northern Illinois on the schedule. But then I bring up a game against Oregon, you say. Well, I'm looking uh, at
0: ESPN. Say. Let me look. At, let me look again, uh, real quick at Utah. Oregon is listed at. Oh yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Okay, I, I read it backwards. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I did read the. I read all those games backwards. So so uh, there you go. My bad. I apologize. Nevertheless take the over on the old utes all right moving on the washington huskies i picked them to make uh the college football playoff which uh my poor father probably rolling over in his in his grave as he was a notorious washington hater just asked napoleon kaufman um but their schedules they, if they get past auburn the only other two ranked teams they play is oregon and stanford as i mentioned they miss usc the numbers 10 I'm taking them to go 11 and one. The Huskies, uh, back in the playoff, they made it a couple of years ago. Why not? Why not? Why not have them back again? They enjoyed their time, so I'm I'm taking them. Rob took the under. He has no faith. Uh, he thinks they're going to lose to Auburn. I think so. What do you think, Nick?
1: Well, I think they're going to lose to Auburn as well. Uh, but but you said the the number is what.
0: The number is ten. So,
1: yeah, so, it, so if they, were, you know, if they do well outside of that game, uh, and and you, you are the the Pac-12 aficionado. So, um, so I still have faith; that they might still potentially hit the over there.
0: All right, the last team, and then we will have pre- previewed every single Power Five team. How about that? What other podcast you going to get that on, Nick? Tell a friend. Tell sh- share this with your audience. You're getting in-depth analysis. We don't even know who who the home team is or who the road team is. <laughs> but uh, you know what can you do? Moving on, Washington State. The total is six. I, for some reason I have a bad feeling. I have a feeling they lost almost their entire coaching staff. It seemed like everybody left. Of course, we had the the, the tragedy with their quarterback, uh, who, who uh, you know Tyler Holinsky, who committed suicide, which was you know one of the worst stories of the offseason. They got a grad transfer in there to replace him. They play at Wyoming, which uh, is definitely a a winnable game. San Jose State and Eastern Washington. So that gets you to three, but I just don't see them winning more than three conference games. I think they got a tough schedule, and uh, I'm going to go with a push uh, for the Cougars. And I would not be shocked to see Mike Leach move on uh, because he kind of wears out his welcome. He's a weird guy. Uh, I, 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 it just wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see him coaching somewhere else. Or maybe going back to Texas Tech if uh, Kingsbury doesn't work. There. Oh yeah, I'm sure Texas Tech is on a
1: short list of places <laughs> to go. They'd be <laughs> owing him some back salary in order. Well, for guess him.
0: what? They'd wrap up the whole lawsuit all in one. They just, just, <laughs> roll new, just, just roll it into the new. Just uh, roll it into the new contract. Let it ride.
1: Yeah, these these programs like Washington State, uh, you know, they, they they find their success in waves. It, it seems like, and last year last year was you know last year was an up year for them. But I think uh, you know, with a lot of the you know a lot of the factors that you mentioned, this in, in, a, in a tough schedule to boot. I think this is they make them kind of a prime candidate to to either
0: push or hit the under as well. All right, Rob, took the under. Uh, I just think someone's going to have to lose these games. If we're, as you mentioned, we're going to see teams improve. So, uh, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, iTunes reviews, we are stuck at 96. So get us to 100. Come on. We can't use the emoji. There's no 96 emoji, people. We need that 100. Leave us a review and tell a friend. And as I mentioned, if you're interested in hearing us talk about games afterwards the next day, uh, maybe Rob and I could do something quick or Nick and I could do something quick, depending on where we're traveling, where we're going, what we're doing. Uh, Nick, we will be together next week, right? Thursday. Mm. Yeah, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So potential in person podcast. Uh, consider yourself horned. We're very excited to. <laughs> yeah. to uh, That's where to, we're
1: headed. So, we might, so to, we might have to set up uh, set up at some unsuspecting Fort Worth uh, establishment. And
0: I'll tell you what, Gary Patterson follows me on Twitter. Let's get him on the show.
1: GP is my one of my favorite personalities from uh, from Big Twelve Media days. Is uh, you know as as I was out there the past couple of years. I,
0: have we determined if him and Corey, our old video guy, are actually two different people, or are they the same person? <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're different people. Have you ever seen him in the same place at the same time? That's all I'm saying. Uh, both like football. So uh, anyway, all right, that wraps it up for us. 90-minute uh, special. Sorry if we uh, tapped all your, your data. Take that for data. We will be back, uh, hopefully, with with uh, a new episode uh, maybe on Sunday morning. If not, you catch us on Thursday. I think that's our goal to release uh, during the season. Leave a review, tell a friend, hit us up on Twitter if you need anything. And M. Deuce, I took the over for your Oregon State Beavers, so the least you can do is play us out.